Hello and welcome to Village Catholic Conversation. My name is John Kinuki, the host, joined by my dear friend, Art Bima Jr. Morning, John. Hey, how, how are you doing? Great. Yeah, and uh, our dear friend, Tom Faddle. And this is a great day, you know, how wonderful is it? It is a great day, beautiful day. Yeah, beautiful day. And uh, when I was driving here, uh, I passed through Lancaster and uh, yeah, it's just giving me a humble feeling. Like I would just, you know, my mind just went home. I kind of slowed down, you know, and I was stopping the traffic because it was just like beautiful, beautiful yeah. areas. It's so a, you're saying Lancaster is like Kenya? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all the farmland. Farmland, yeah, right. farmland. You know, cool. I, I, for those who don't know, I grew up in Kenya and uh, we did a lot of farming, you know, and uh, just made me feel like, oh my gosh, this is where I need to be. That's great. So yeah. If you were in the area today and you had a traffic jam, it's because John was slowing down. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, wait, wait a minute. Where's the gazelle? <laughs> Where's right? the gazelle? No, I was looking at it. Where are the gazelles now? But it was good. I saw cows and goats and uh, Amish Aussies, guys in their Amish carts. guys. Yeah, and, country, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful country. Yeah. And um, I just thought, you know, bring my family over sometime to enjoy that. And uh Maybe I'll live there someday, and that way we're not too. Hey, get out of Philadelphia. You need to come. You need to come <laughs> to God's country here. God's right? country. Thanks to our Philadelphia brothers and right, sisters. Right, exactly. No, no. Philadelphia is wonderful. Oh yeah, you you better say that. Yeah, uh, it's also good uh, when you're out there. It can be the village Catholic conversation. You know, village. Right. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not sure that you call them village, but <laughs> yeah, it's good. So, yeah, thank you guys for joining us, and we also welcome our listeners to pull their chairs to join us on this conversation. And today, um, really, we want to have a very interesting conversation. And this is something that has been ongoing for um, a period of time. And our conversation today is based on uh, raising and bringing up uh, your kids or Catholic kids in a family setting. There was uh, one article I saw uh, a while ago, and I think I shared with you, about this uh, woman who wrote an article on Legatus about uh, sending kids into uh, public school versus Catholic, Catholic schools. And then uh, it had a lot of uh, uh, both aggressive, uh, agreeable uh, comments from different audiences. So I thought this would be an interesting conversation because um, it's where we are. Kids, how do we raise kids Catholic? And I'm, you know, I'm blessed that both of you you know, have gone through this and uh, gone through this, and uh, I want to understand, you know, why, how come, all those questions that are going in my mind. Again, this is village Catholic conversation. So, Tom, to tell us, tell us, uh, not Tom. <laughs> I almost called you Tom. It's happened before. Forgive me here. It's happened Forgive before. me here. <laughs> I can tell you stories. Uh, so. It, it is a real struggle, and uh, both of us, who uh, Tom and I, who worked in Catholic education for a long time, um, can tell you how many parents, Tom, who have high school kids who are just distraught that their kids aren't practicing their faith. And uh, not that it's hopeless, mm -hmm. but boy, it's way easier yeah. when you start when like your kids are little, yeah. Yeah. Uh, preschool little, little kids. Um, uh, so my first thing would be to tell people don't. If you have younger children, don't don't wait till they're in middle school and high school to start, you know, living your faith authentically, uh, because it's much harder to it's much harder to not impossible, but it's harder to kind of put things back together uh, than when you start from a young age. Are you saying that if from a young age, you, as a parent, you live your faith? Um, I, I I would say. Uh, I guess that's my, from there. From right? my standpoint, um, you know we. We weren't necessarily 
walking around the house praying the rosary every five seconds, you know, kind of a thing. But prayer and Catholic identity, if you walk into my house, it's like a little shrine. I mean, there's images of Catholic images and crucifixes in every room. Uh, every, everything begins with prayer. Uh, church was never an option. We, we, we didn't speak about church as something that, well, you got to do. It's, we're excited to go to Mass. It's a privilege to go to Mass. We're free in this country. We can go without any uh, hindrance. Uh, yeah. uh, so a lot of it is just basic language and talking about, uh, talking about the faith is not if it's an extra thing, but it's yeah. woven into our daily lives. Uh, and I think, Tom, you would probably affirm well, that. Well, yeah, let's start with a couple things. I think the first thing is, <clears throat> obviously, we've got, you know, we've got uh, people out there that various degrees of, of having children, younger children, older children, maybe some children who have drifted away. Yeah. First thing is, there's there's no guilt here, okay? No. So if, if you have, if you're in that category, we have some children who have drifted, this is not about, you know, oh, you you failed, you did wrong. No, so absolutely just, just not. clear about that. And of course, as you said, there's children can always come back. There's seeds that are planted you yes. know, so we keep praying. So that's the first thing is to not, it's not about assigning guilt or, or oh, I, I missed my chance, you know, et cetera. Um, I think the second thing I always look at is let's, let's, you know, people today talk about culture and our culture is challenging. Yeah. Many times people say, oh, the kids today, the kids today, they're, they're worse than our generation. You know, they're more this, they're more that, they're less respectful. And I always say, um, and I've talked to literally thousands of parents, the, the children are not any different than we were. Same hopes, same dreams, same fears, same aspirations. But I will say, that's a very important point, that the culture today is far worse than anything that other generations experienced. Mm -hmm. Not that times are more difficult. I mean, economically, things are better than ever in many ways, you know, etc. Um, we're not the Great Depression or the World War II generation. So life in general is not more difficult now, but the culture. In other words, how does TV radio, yeah. movies, yeah. what's out there, support or hinder faith, it's worse now than ever. And that's an important premise as you go into the conversation, how do I keep my children grounded in their faith? So those, that's very important, yeah. some, some first comments. When I would you know, do a, um, a parent talk, I start with put, putting a question up. And I, say, I put up on the board, you know, I want my child to blank. And I would say, now, answer that. And, and, and turn to people to your left and right, and how would you answer that question? I want my child too. You know, and this is groups of anywhere from 20 to sometimes 500 parents, right? How do you answer it? And of course, and then I, I take feedback from the, from the people, and you'll hear answers, you know, I want my child to be healthy, happy, successful, holy, right? And inevitably, someone says, I want them to go to heaven. You know, I want them to, you know, to, to return to, the, yeah. to their father. Yeah. And of course, and I start by saying, that is the answer. And in fact, if you can only answer it one way, which is the whole point of the exercise, isn't that the only answer? Yeah. Isn't that the first answer? But, you know, and it seems simple because we're going, well, of course, but that's not always what people think of. I submit to you that that is the only answer. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, you know, there are people that are shaking their head, absolutely, that's the only answer. Yeah. And then you have the buts. Yeah, but... Yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, which reminds me of one of the gospel readings coming up is Jesus saying, you know, hey, follow me. And someone says, well, I will, but I first I got to go do this. Yeah, and I yeah. say, wait a minute, there are no buts. Okay, so there's the next important point. When it comes to trying to raise our children, right, our job 
is to do all that we can to keep them on the path back to their father. There is no but. Do you want your children to be happy? Sure, Wait, absolutely. Want your children to be yeah. happy? Successful, right? We've got oh, yes. college grant. We want them to pay the bills, their own bills. <laughs> we want all those things. Yeah. But none of them take place in front of my role as the steward of my children is to do all that I can to guide them back to the Father. And that's the very first mm. important premise. Mm. So then after that, now we can talk about the practical ways, but it begins with a mindset that first and foremost, the choices that I'm going to make, how I'm going to parent, how I'm going to live, starts with my job is to help you on that path back to the Father. Mm. Everything yeah. else, not that it's not important, everything else is secondary. You know, that's a very deep way of starting off this conversation. Um, and before we say anything else, we're going to take a quick break here. And once we get back, we'll continue to build on uh, what Art and Tom said about raising and keeping our kids Catholic. This is John Kinovia hosting Village Catholic Conversation. And my friend here, Art Bima Jr. Welcome back. And um, thank you for joining us. And pull up your chair again and listen to the Village Catholic Conversation. Now, where we left off, my friends, you talked about language. And I think that's a very important piece in bringing up our children because I think language kind of forms everything in what we're doing. Why is that? And Well, let me hearken back to a previous episode when we were talking about trust. Um, and our stories and our, wit our witness of our lives is even more critical in a family setting. So I need to be modeling my Catholic faith before my children. I can't, it, it is not do as I say, not, not as I do. It, it, you know, so once again, I come back to language and attitude uh, and approach to situations. If if, if I, as a father, am just spewing vulgarity at every drop of the hat, I, I can't be shocked when my kid picks up on that. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm complaining about other people and gossiping and speaking ill of other folks and at, at the drop of a hat, I'm angry with their mother about something or she's, you know, uh, she's doing that. I, I'm not modeling the behavior. so. There is the speaking the truth of the faith, and there is the prayer, but all of that is undermined if I'm not living authentically as a person of, of prayer and faith yeah. in my words and in my actions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And as a father in particular, we're three dads, we have no mom representation here today, but as a father, you and I know, and it says so in scripture, uh, in that very awkward, uh, was it uh, Corinthians, uh, Colossians, I can't remember where. The yeah. point that priests don't like to preach on. You know, women be submissive. Oh, yeah. Wives be submissive to your husbands. Yes. Which, everybody makes a big deal of wives be submissive to your husbands. Okay? But the next part is, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He laid his life down. So, as a father, my number one role in raising my Catholic children is to lay down my life for mm. my family. Mm. First and foremost. Mm. So... My job is to not respond to all of my personal needs, but my needs of my wife first and my children after that. Mm -hmm. That's the model that leads to Catholic children because 
they're looking at the father and the mother mm -hmm. as an example of how yeah. to live. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't matter so much what you say sometimes, it's how you act and behave. Yeah, wow. That's fascinating you know, because I, I, oh, want, I want to tie out to what you were saying as your role when you identify, you know, you're the father, you're the mother, and you want to make sure that you raise your kids Catholic. So, and there's this thing you just mentioned here, there's no but. You know, you want to take them to heaven, there's no but. So the reason why I was bringing the language and the action that we do is to help our listeners to see how those two tie in. The language you use when you're taking people somewhere, in this case, taking them to heaven without putting that word but. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, a couple years back, there was the, the, the largest study done of young people in faith. And people can look it up online, the National Study of Youth and Religion. And it was, it's just a treasure trove of data that those of us in ministry always said, you know, we believe that uh, children who go to Mass every Sunday tend to do better than those who don't. And, you know, and, and people who practice faith at home are more apt to have children who practice faith than those who don't. We always believe that and taught that. But this study came out um, and it shows the data. It shows that that's true. It shows that as much as we think that friends are influential in our children's lives, they are, th the statistics show that the children will still be more, most influenced in their faith by the parents and will adopt the faith practices of the parents. And then it goes further in breaking those things down. It shows that so many young people today, especially Catholic children, they don't have, and I'm glad you mentioned it right away, Art, even before you know, we, we got this far down into this conversation, the language of the faith. That our children, you know, many, many children are not articulate in the faith, you know. They go to Sunday school, and God bless the educators who teach Sunday school, or even go to Catholic school, and God bless the, the teachers at Catholic school. I believe in Catholic education. But if it's not reinforced at home, yeah, if it's not yeah. spoken at home, yeah. if it's only once a week at Sunday school, or a couple hours a day in Catholic school, and they don't have those conversations at home about sacraments, about scripture, it, it doesn't yeah. Yeah. work, yeah. or it's least it's less likely that that person, that young person, is going to adopt and own their own faith. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's one thing to say at a Catholic school, "Hey, we have confession available." And again, statistics show kids in Catholic school, guess what, go to confession more than students who don't go to Catholic school because yeah. it's there, right? Yeah. But to the parents, don't say to your child, "Did you go to confession?" When's the last time? The parents, when's the last time you went to confession and took your child? Mm. Because that alone mm. will influence your child far more mm. than what the Sunday school teacher says or what what's, what's said in the Catholic school. That's wow. how we model our faith. Do we take them to confession? Do we make an excuse for not going to Mass? If we do, we cannot be surprised later on when they drift from faith. Mm. Our witness, our example, our willingness to not put any butts in front of it is the number one thing mm. that's going to influence our children. So the onus here to keep our kids Catholic, or I hear more, you know, all of us agreeing is on parents. It, and, and sometimes I say when I'm teaching leadership, I say leadership is visual. People do what people see. So even in my house, what my son is seeing me do is what he does. And sometimes I get fascinated because that's it. I'm practicing for, uh, for an event or for a talk I'm going to give and I'm on a microphone or in my, my room with my phone and I'm saying, hey, my name is John Kinuvia and I'm here to talk about one, two, three. Sometimes when I'm not seeing him, he'll come in and he'll just put on my tie and he'll start saying, hey, my name is John Kinuvia. <laughs> <laughs> he'll start doing the same, same thing I'm doing. And uh, I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow. 
Absolutely. This is what they see. Right. And this is what they want to do. Correct. So, and again, if I'm doing the other things, then they, it means that it's easier for them to model that. So, I think the language we use, the who we are, really determines at a higher degree if our kids will stay Catholic all the way. Sure enough, uh, the research also is showing that um, 70% of um, the prep parents, for example, don't practice their faith. Sure, for, it's an understanding that they are taking their kids to the prep um, so that the kids can get the faith, can get the language of the faith. How can we help these parents? Yeah, I, it, that's tough. Um, mm -hmm. It is tough. Unfortunately, there's so many more resources available now. Um, can we just step back one second yeah, though, sure. before we go there? Because I'm sitting here thinking, um, when I'm listening to you and, and listening to you talk, um, uh, and what comes to mind is uh, the idea of the family, which is completely under attack right now. Yeah, the family. yeah, yeah. And there's a reason for that, because Satan knows that that is the key. That is the key to all, Correct. all of our Catholic and Christian worldview is the family and yeah, the family yeah, is no accident yeah um and there's a beautiful section in the catechism of the catholic church that talks about the value of the family yeah uh, and the role of the parents and i think it's 2121 i had to give a talk and i remember 2121 2121 where it talks about the the duty of the parents is so primordial so yeah so important in educating your children and it's first that you can't give it away like you you can't even delegate that. You can get help from a Catholic school or the families. But, and it, it talks about the family being the little church. And I think some of the, the, the recent popes have talked about the family as a little church. So your home, John, with your three little ones now, that is a little church. And how, how do you behave in church? When we walk into church, we, we do so hopefully reverently. You know, yeah. we sign ourselves yeah. and we, we, we take on a posture that's, church life yeah. but if your home is the little church then how reverent are we in our home this is deep and, and, and how how do we interact with so when you go to church I, I, I love like when you're around father and somebody says something and you like you let some oh sorry father you're apologizing <laughs> because there's a priest <laughs> yeah. there and you said you know you said damn or something you know, uh, yeah, yeah. You know like he's never heard that before but, but our attitude changes yeah. sometimes when we go to church. But yeah. why do we not ado adopt that in our little church, our home church? And your mm. your kids model you when you're at church, but they model you when you're at home too. So, John, when your son mm. sees you doing that, he's also watching you help in the kitchen. Yeah. And you and your wife work together to prepare a meal or to clean, do the dishes or to clean the house or you're, you're speaking charitably about plans that you're, you know, for mm. whatever's happening in the family. Yeah. Yeah. So... Before we even get to, before we get to that other part, I think understanding that your home is a little sacred spot, and yes, all the icons and the pictures and the crucifixes are part of that. But yeah. how how you see your home when you walk in from the craziness of the world, you should walk into a little church. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, if, if just that attitude change alone, hopefully then. This almost the sanctuary of your home. That when you come into your home, you're in this sanctuary, this this little church. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're not and hiding. You're not hiding. But you're, you're preparing them. No, you're preparing. Yes, to go out. Yeah, you know, it sounds so good. This conversation sounds so good about 
uh, home and family. Science is like the basic premise of, of our faith. And I think this, I, I, I would like us to dig deep and dwell on this for a little bit. Sounds like I think, a two-parter again. Yeah, it sounds like a two-parter <laughs> because I think even before we help other people, we have to really clearly understand yeah. um, this, this premise, this home, this family. What's the foundation that yeah. we're working on? We yeah. can talk about some very practical examples yeah. as well. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, that's for the benefit of our the listeners. Yeah, for the, yeah. So that'll be the next episode. We'll carry that on. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk about this. Right. I yeah. agree 100%. Agree? Okay. Very good. Whew. My friends, I'm even feeling hot. I'm like in a hot seat because I'm agitated. I want to talk about it's this. It's also more. 90 degrees and we're oh. outside. But other than <laughs> <laughs> it's also not, yeah, we are outside here. And um, I appreciate uh, all of you for listening. And um, I appreciate our, 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 my co-host and our guest today. And again, this is Village Catholic Conversation. My name is John Kilutia, your host and my co-host, Adama Junior, And our guest, Tom Faro. And... We'll be right back for the second part of this conversation. Until then, go start your own conversation. Start your own conversation. God bless. God bless.